Hi friends, this is Carla Hurd. Welcome to my podcast, Create a Livity. Today, my hope is that you are energized, encouraged, and excited to create the life you crave. On my podcast, you'll always hear stories about or from people who were inspired by someone else. Maybe they were inspired to make a shift and it led them to do something they never thought they'd do. Maybe they shared an idea with just the right person who encouraged them in the right direction to start a new business adventure. I'm excited to bring their stories to you. My hope is that it will help you think about who's helped you along the way. And I hope that it will lead you and others to a place of gratitude where you would remember to encourage those who have inspired you along your journey. If you have a story, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to our Facebook page, Create a Liberty, or my website, CarlaHerd.com. C-A-R-L-A-H-U-R-D.com. Share your inspirational story about someone who's helped you and encouraged you to create the life you crave. Now let's get to today's story. Hey everyone, this is Carla, and today I'm going to share with you what I read at my Nana's Celebration of Life on July 10th, 2020. My Nana would have been 96 years old that day, and she was a very impactful and influential woman. I've spoke about her on my podcast before, and when I was asked to speak at the Celebration of Life, um, my dad actually asked me to share a poem that she had written, or I had written her, 20 years ago. And as I read it and was prepping to talk to everybody on that day, I just thought, wow, this poem is not relevant at all. And I started to think about how my Nana influenced people and how she made them feel. And that really was something I wanted to talk to everybody about because that's something, honestly, that I don't think we are very self-aware of, myself included. So I thought a great place to leave this speech um, that honored this wonderful woman would be right here on my podcast because then others can hear the message. And I mean, if you can be even a little bit like Betty Priest, you'll be doing great for life. Certainly what I believe and I think a lot of folks in our family. Okay, so here we go. This is me reading about my Nana at her celebration of life. Good evening. My name is Carla, and I am Chuck Priest's oldest daughter. Betty was my Nana. I have hundreds of stories to tell about moments with Nana, as I'm sure all of you do. As a matter of fact, sometime this evening, I really want to encourage you to sit with somebody that you don't know and tell your Nana or your Betty's story and then listen to their story. I think she would like that. I was going to read a poem I wrote for Nana 20 years ago, but it's not nearly as relevant as what the Spirit has moved me to share with you today. So here we go. I don't want to talk about stories from up here. I want to talk about how Nana made you feel. As I'm getting older, I'm beginning to realize that this is a very important thing. Not the words or the gestures or even the gifts, but how people make you feel. When you walk into a room and you see your family, how do you feel? When you're in the presence of someone special, how do you feel? When you see who's calling or who's coming down the road, how do you feel? Now let's talk about the woman we're celebrating. How did she make you feel? 
You know what? I'm pretty sure I was her favorite grandchild. Well, wait a minute. It might have been Paul. I mean, he was born first. Then again, everybody always says it's Tammy. I mean, she did live with her for a while, so definitely had a soft spot for Tammy. Oh, but then wait a minute. There's Scott. Oh, my cousin Scott always made her laugh. I think he was her favorite. Wait, no, 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 no. Maybe it was Lori, because she always talked about Lori. You know what? Come to think of it, I guess it maybe it wasn't a grandkid at all. I bet a great-grand, as she so lovingly called them, was her favorite. I know she had a special connection with all of my girls, and she always giggled when Colton stood next to her, and she would call him tall man. Maybe it was Colton. Wait, I think we've all been in the presence of Nana when she goes on and on and on about Dakota. He had to be her favorite. Oh, but then again, Nana was so proud of Sam and Caitlin for their service. And Andrew for serving our country. Maybe they were her favorites. I don't know. What do you guys think? Would you raise your hand if you think that you were Nana's favorite? Okay, guys, right there, a lot of hands went up. Were you her favorite friend at church? Raise your hand. How about her favorite adopted kid from Sunday school? What about her favorite niece? Were you her favorite child? Or how about her favorite neighbor? You see, everyone, look around. We all were her favorite. And this is the thing about Nana, is she made each of us feel like we were her favorite. When you were in the presence of Betty Priest, she looked you straight in the eye and she would grab your hands and squeeze real tight. And she would tell you to pray for her. And then she would tell you how much she loved you. And you knew it because you felt it in your bones. You felt her. You felt her love. It was incredible. This woman knew how to make you feel important, valued, good, and loved. Matter of fact, it didn't matter what went on before. She clearly is the only person that had this unconditional love for her kids, her grandkids, and her great-grands, and her great-great-grand. She would listen more than she talked. She would shush others away if you were talking to her. She would nod and close her eyes and then look you straight in the eye when she opened her eyes again to confirm that she had heard you. Who does that? Who does that anymore today? Who takes that time? I know I don't. She cared so much about you that you could feel it in your bones and your heart would explode because she's so focused on you and making sure that you felt it. You might think I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'm not. And if you ever spent time with her, you know I'm telling the truth. This is how she made everyone feel. Have you ever been in that moment with her, with anyone? This has been a real important lesson for me as I come to realize her body isn't here anymore. And I know that I can recall that feeling that I'm so blessed to have. I hope that it will be for you as well. How we make people feel is so important because it's one thing that we can carry with us when they're gone. I'll never forget how she made me feel. And besides that, it helps me remember how to treat other people. 
be like Nana. When one of my children walk into the room, how am I making them feel? When they call me on the phone, the way I answer, how am I making them feel? Our family is very big and very extended. There's a hodgepodge of different thoughts and opinions and outright disagreements. It can be very overwhelming. But there's one thing that's not a feeling. Forgiveness. That's a decision. Over the years of getting to know Nana and hear her stories, I know that she had to make decisions to forgive certain people in her life. And she did. She didn't wait for the feeling to come over her. She made the decision to forgive. And I remember her telling me about this and how freeing it was for her. I remember how I felt when she told me that forgiveness is a decision. Of course, I didn't believe her until I had to try it. And you know what? She was right. This was something. This is something I want to encourage you to think about today and every day, knowing that it came from Nana. Forgiveness is a decision. When a few of his grandkids were working on the Nana Garden outside of Faith Lutheran Church in Bridgeport, we had a plan. We wanted to lay out all the plants in a certain way because we thought that they would grow this way or that way and it would look better. We had it all laid out and it was just, you know, it was what we thought would be best. Well, Tammy and I were doing all of that with Karen. Paul and Andrea show up and they had this big potted plant and a couple of petunias. And I'll be honest, I was annoyed. I was annoyed because it wasn't part of the plan. It definitely didn't go with the flow of the plants that we already had set up. Like, it didn't match. And I was irritated. But what was I supposed to do? I mean, this is Paul. And he took the time to bring his family. And he's my cousin. And these plants were beautiful. So obviously, I could not say no. So we let Paul and his family choose where they wanted to put the plants. And then we put the rest of the plants around it. And you know what? It looked damn good. It looked beautiful. It looked better than our original plan. And I learned a lesson at that moment. I remembered also that Nana would say, if you try to make plans, that's when God laughs. That garden outside of Faith Lutheran Church, which by the way, Nana is a charter member of, it's just like all of us. There's all these different kinds of plants growing out there and flowers, and we're all working on it and tending to it together. And it really doesn't matter if an extra petunia or geranium comes in that wasn't part of the plan. They still belong in the garden. And it doesn't matter where they go in the garden. All that matters is that they're there. So, Paul, thanks for messing up the plan because I learned a good lesson that day. And I'm going to take that one with me. And I hope all of you listening will too. This is how Nana wants us to be, together, in the garden. All the grandkids, Karen and Casey and Jake and Carol and Paul and Scott and Jill and Lori and Tisha and Devin and Tiffany, all of us and all of our kids and Tammy and Jared. And she wants our spouses, our kids. And you know what? She even wants our exes. She loved all of us unconditionally. And she wanted us all in her garden, which now is with Jesus in heaven. And it doesn't matter if we weren't part of the plan. She just wants us all there. Together. All her favorites. In one place.